Um, today's scripture reading is John chapter 6, verse 22 through 60. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from the heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, sorry, uh, whoever come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come, so sorry, for I have come down from the heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise of it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have an eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, it's not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How does he know say? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourself. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God. He has seen the truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life, I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. 
The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As a living father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the Father ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? Thank you. All right, thank you, Nari, for reading. Um, before I hand over the time to Pastor Evangel for the sermon today, I just want to uh, give a quick reminder to everyone that uh, we're going to have a Q&A session again today after the sermon. So as Pastor Evangel's uh, preaching today, if you have any questions about the sermon that we can go through a discussion really quickly, feel free to uh, uh, send those questions via private chat to me. And after the sermon, uh, Evangel and I will uh, go through those questions together. Okay, without further ado, I'll hand this time over to Pastor Evangel. All right, so we're trying this new function. Are you guys able to see the slides in the, in the background? Is everything working okay, Les? Yeah, it looks great. Great, awesome. So, uh, so great to have the opportunity to worship with you again this Sunday. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, our Bible passage is in John 6, starting from verse 22. And this week, I'm, I'm continuing the next part of the I Am series. Uh, for those of you who might have missed last week, uh, Pastor Eric explained how a number of the churches are coming together to celebrate the Lent season by listening to the Gospel of John and, and preaching on Jesus' I Am statements. You know, it's such a timely series to be doing together. Uh, there's so much going on in the city and in the world right now. It's so important for us as believers to know who Jesus is in the midst of it all. It's encouraging to know that we're united as Christ's body in the city. He, he's the great has a purpose for us. So I'm so excited to be with you this week and next week. Uh, let me just begin our message with, with, with a prayer. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each and every single one of us listening right now, God, uh, that we would know that you are alive and active and at work in our hearts, God. That I pray for those of us who really need to hear from you, that you would give us exactly what we need this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to start this morning off by just asking uh, two questions. Uh, so, so first, you know, how satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in life right now? How, how satisfied do you feel in life right now? And, and the second question is, what do you need to feel satisfaction in your life? So how satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in your life right now? And what do you need to feel satisfaction? Uh, if the average person in Hong Kong were to answer these questions, uh, it might sound something like this. 
I am very dissatisfied and discontent right now. I feel trapped. I can't see the people I care about. I can't do the things that I enjoy. I'm worried not only about my physical health, but my mental health. I can't find the food that I like at the grocery store. I'm scared of being separated from my family if I get COVID. Or perhaps I have COVID and I'm bored out of my mind in isolation. You know, the, the only way that I'm going to feel good about life again is if everything goes back to normal. You know, no, no more restrictions, no more COVID, uh, no more masks. How satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in life? What do you need to feel satisfaction? In, in verse 35 of today's passage, uh, Jesus answers these questions by saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, by calling himself the bread of life, Jesus claims he's what is needed for life to be fully and truly satisfying. Uh, Jesus uses bread as a metaphor for who he is, and what he does for people. Bread is, is nourishment. It's a staple food for many people who eat it every day to keep their bodies alive. Bread is satisfying. You know, when someone is feeling hungry, bread fills you up really quick. It, it staves off that uncomfortable feeling of hunger and leaves your body feeling content. So, so nourishment, satisfaction, contentment, uh, these are all effects of bread that the Jewish people in Jesus's day would have immediately connected with. Jesus is the bread of life. You know, he provides nourishment and satisfaction for the human heart. Jesus is using what bread does for the body to tell us what he does for us spiritually. He uses the longings and cravings our bodies have to help us understand the deeper longings and desires of our souls. And it's very clear that's what Jesus is talking about, because he talks about himself being bread, but he doesn't actually say to literally eat him. Uh, instead, he says, come to me and believe in me. Uh, Jesus says he's the bread, but he's doing something much more than what bread can do. Uh, not only can Jesus satisfy hunger, he can also satisfy thirst. The satisfaction that Jesus brings is, is so great that it never ends. It, it's permanent. The way Jesus satisfies is greater and more essential to what people need than what bread can provide. In, in this metaphor, Jesus is not ordinary bread. He is the bread of life. L let me try to reword re what Jesus is trying to say in a different way to help us understand it. Supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. Supreme satisfaction and life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. What Jesus says here 
reveals something fundamental to who we are as people and what we need. Uh, people are more than physical beings who need food. People are more than emotional beings who need to be understood and empathized with. More fundamental than all that, people are our worshipers with hearts that long and desire for someone or something to love and devote ourselves. Jesus, Jesus is saying he is the only one who can satisfy the desire of the heart fully and permanently. But Jesus tells us more than that in this passage. Not, not only did Jesus tell us that he satisfies, he tells us the effects of finding satisfaction in him. As Jesus discusses these, this topic with the Jewish people, he reveals to them more and more what he does as the bread of life. Uh, so at the end of this conversation, in this long passage, he says in verses 54 to 56, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Verse 54, feeding on Jesus or finding satisfaction in Jesus means eternal life. It's not only the solution to the desire of the heart, Jesus is the solution to all of our physical needs and desires. Jesus is gonna raise this person up on the last day, meaning he's gonna raise them back to life from the dead. Uh, verse 56 tells us feeding on Jesus puts us into intimate relationship with him. One where Jesus abides in the person and the person abides in Jesus. So, so eternal life, a satisfaction, relationship with God, these three things are, are interconnected. Ultimate satisfaction is found in intimate relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus means eternal life. Eternal life is lasting satisfaction and fulfillment through relationship with Jesus. The supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. See, this is a truth that many Christians would know and agree with. You know, if you ask, you know, does Jesus satisfy? You would say yes. But how true is this in your own life experience here and now? Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. There's often a huge disconnect between what Jesus is claiming here and a believer's day-to-day -day life. In our day-to-day -day lives, we're constantly striving for something else, feeling unsatisfied with our lives. The good news of the gospel is that faith in Jesus does satisfy our hearts fully and supremely. You know, God came down from heaven to give us this life, to give this life to the world. This life is 
available for us to enjoy. The question is, are you coming to Jesus to receive it from him? In this long conversation with the Jewish people, Jesus teaches us how to correctly come to him in faith. But first, we need to come to Jesus with the right priorities. Second, we need to trust Jesus alone for satisfaction in life. Third, we need to go to Jesus in faith again and again. Now, whether you've never come to Jesus at all in faith, or whether you need to go to Jesus in faith again, what Jesus is saying to us applies to everyone. So we're going to explore how to come to Jesus correctly in more detail. And, you know, the first point is that we need to come to Jesus with the right priorities, with the right priorities. But why are you coming to Jesus in your life? What do you want Jesus to do for you in your life right here and right now? Uh, verse 26 tells us, you know, the crowds of people were coming to Jesus because in chapter 6, verses 1 to 14, Jesus had just performed an amazing miracle uh, to multiply bread and, and feed 5,000 of them. The crowds were coming to Jesus because they wanted him to satisfy their bodily needs. They were also coming to Jesus because they wanted Jesus to give them political freedom. But after witnessing uh, Jesus perform this miracle, by force. Now, they believed that he was the one who would free them from Roman rule. So in verse 24, when they don't see Jesus, they continue to pursue him with extreme dedication and zeal. You know, they're willing to cross the sea to come to Jesus. And when they find Jesus, this is what he says to them. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Jesus here is telling them, redirect your priorities. All the effort you've spent trying to satisfy your physical needs should be directed to satisfying your spiritual need. Uh, but the crowd actually misses Jesus' point. Instead of asking more about this eternal life Jesus had told them to seek, they ask him about what they need to do. Why are you coming to Jesus? What do you want Jesus to do for you? The point here isn't that we shouldn't come to Jesus with our physical needs. The point is that we need to come to Jesus admitting that our greatest need is for him to satisfy our hearts and to desire that above everything else. Jesus, he does care about physical needs. It's true. You know, he performed a miracle to, to feed 5,000 people. But the reason Jesus satisfied their physical needs was because he wanted to point them to the greater need of their heart. More often than not, we're a lot more like the Jewish people than we would like to believe. I hope your experience has been different than mine, but for the past two weeks, it's been really, really hard to do grocery shopping. 
Uh, you know, lines have been ridiculously long. It's out the door. Each person has, you know, two shopping carts of food, which adds to the waiting time. And the one thing that I actually found hardest to find was what was bread. Uh, my son, Emery, uh, he loves to eat bread. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that he has, you know, bread each day to eat. But everywhere I went, it, it, it was sold out. You know, even 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven usually has everything and they sell everything at a, at a higher cost. Even 7-Eleven was sold out of bread. And this whole experience got me thinking just how focused our lives are on pursuing immediate needs and desires. It's here that Jesus tells us, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Our need for physical food never ends because no matter how much of it we eat, it can't give us what we truly need, eternal life. Satisfaction in life isn't found in meeting day-to-day -day needs because our needs go so much deeper than that. Why are you coming to Jesus? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Our ultimate answer should be that the desires of my heart would be satisfied, Lord. Our priority needs to be on what will satisfy us permanently. In a society that's focused on meeting material needs, it's so easy for Christians to get our priorities for seeking Jesus reversed. You know, on the outside, we look like we're pursuing Jesus passionately. We're like that Jewish crowd that crossed the sea to find Jesus. But our motivations aren't right. We're only following Jesus to satisfy our immediate needs, believing that that's where we're going to find the answer. When we follow Jesus with the wrong priorities, we don't find what we're looking for in the end. We don't find what we need. So finding satisfaction in Jesus in our day-to-day -day life starts with repentance. It requires turning the priority of your life away from material satisfaction and turning it towards spiritual fulfillment. What are you seeking in life that has priority over satisfaction in Jesus? Are you willing to make your spiritual need your priority right here, right now? Not only do we have to go to Jesus with the right priorities, we also need to go to Jesus trusting that Jesus alone See, the Jewish people believed they had the answer to life. And their ancestors ate physical bread given by God. They believed they would get the life they were looking for by following the traditions of their ancestors. So Jesus tells them, you're looking in the wrong place. Your, your ancestors, they ate manna, they ate this bread from heaven, but they died. What the Jewish people sought after wasn't, given, wasn't able to give them the life they needed. The result was death. Jesus then makes a very exclusive statement in, in verse 53. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. 
Jesus is saying there is nothing else out there that can give you life. The only place you can find life is in me. Coming to Jesus in faith means you do so believing there is no other way or place to find the satisfaction you need. It means realizing no other pursuit can give you life. It means admitting that if you're not coming to Jesus, you don't have life. The Jews in this passage, they did not trust Jesus alone for satisfaction. They weren't able to even see their need for spiritual life. In verse 52, they were confused and argued about what Jesus was trying to tell them. The reason why they were confused is because they were so focused on their material needs, they didn't even see their true need for Jesus. Trusting Jesus starts with admitting your need for Jesus. If you're not a Christian this morning, the only way you can find satisfaction in life is by trusting him for it. For something else, other than Jesus, I might satisfy your desires for a moment, but that feeling is very temporary. Like physical bread, it's going to make you hungry again. It can't satisfy your spiritual hunger. You know, even when people say, you know, I, I, I'm satisfied with life right now, or I'm, a, I'm in a good place in life, the reason why they're able to say that is because they've achieved one goal that they've had, and they're making good progress towards their next goal. But they're still seeking. You know, the pursuing never stops until our desires are truly satisfied. Only Jesus can satisfy our hearts so that we never hunger or thirst. But it wasn't just the crowd who found Jesus' teaching difficult to follow. In verse 60, people who professed to follow Jesus found his teaching difficult. You know, they, they tell Jesus, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? The disciples here are, are finding it hard to, to follow Jesus because their lives are still focused on material things as well. So a question I want us to think about this morning is, where are you going for satisfaction in life? Is it in Jesus alone and nothing else? You know, many times a believer will say, yes, Jesus satisfies, but in our hearts, we don't believe that Jesus is all we need for satisfaction in life. Many times believe that we need Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus a stable career. Jesus plus an ideal family. Jesus plus flexibility in work hours. Jesus plus enough time to enjoy leisure activities. Jesus plus fill in the blank. Well, when the pursuit of your heart is divided between Jesus and something else, you aren't able to receive the spiritual nourishment Jesus offers. Following a, a Jesus plus formula is like a drinking down a watered down protein shake or, or stuffing yourself with junk food before dinner. You're not getting all of the nutrients you need. Now, what are you seeking satisfaction in, in addition to Jesus. Your lifestyle reveals 
where you believe you can find satisfaction. What do you find yourself addicted to recently? What do you find yourself not getting enough of? Your answer to these questions may reveal other things that you're seeking satisfaction for from that's keeping you from receiving what Jesus has to offer. Are you willing to trust Jesus enough to turn your heart to find satisfaction in him and him alone? Supreme satisfaction in life is found by talking to Jesus and faith to nourish your heart. Jesus' words here isn't just good, good advice, it's good news. The gospel isn't just good advice, it's good news. The good, the good news that the Son of God has heaven to people who are dying in sin to give us eternal life by dying on a cross, satisfying the desires of our hearts fully and permanently. Whoever comes to Jesus shall not hunger. Whoever believes in him shall never thirst. This is good news to people unsatisfied and discontent with pursuing the things of the world. Do you believe this? And this brings us to the final point for this morning. Go to Jesus in faith again and again. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. This idea of feeding, right? Feeding. It, it connects this idea of coming to Jesus and believing in Jesus and what it means. You know, when, when you're feeding on something, it's something you're doing every day. You know, coming to Jesus needs to be as natural as eating. You know, why do you eat food every day? Well, that's a funny question because you can't live without it. Why do you go to Jesus in faith every day? Because you can't truly live without him. Without physical food, we have negative impacts that we feel. When we get so caught up in our work, for example, that we skip a meal, uh, we start to feel faint, tired, it's hard to concentrate. As that hunger grows, it, it affects our mood. We feel agitated, impatient, and this effect is so noticeable that a word has been created for it. Uh, it's called being hangry. You guys familiar with that term, being hangry? Like you're so hungry that you become an angry. Christian, when you're not going to Jesus to nourish your heart, you get spiritually hangry. You get spiritually hangry. You become selfish and uncaring towards others. You feel increasingly dissatisfied and restless with your life. You lose self-control and give in to past addictions to fill that void. Life feels tiresome. Ministry feels burdensome. But the good news, because you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't have to stay that way for one second longer. You know, he abides in you. He wants to satisfy your hungry heart with his glory so that you are so full, you can't help but love others. You are so satisfied, life is enjoyable in any situation. You are so content, you don't feel a need to indulge in other things. Your heart is so nourished 
that you feel energized to serve others and tackle any challenge in life. The question is, are you willing to go to Jesus in faith again? Do you believe Jesus is the bread of life God the Father has sent to give to the world? Do you believe that life is found in him and him alone? Are you willing to turn away from everything else and make your priority feeding on Jesus? The Apostle Paul describes his experience of finding, faith, of finding satisfaction in Jesus like this. In Philippians, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is a life that's available to all who believe in Jesus and who continue to come to him in faith. Supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. We're living in a city with people who are increasingly unsatisfied. Now, Bridge Church, what kind of impact would you have if you lived lives that were fully satisfied in Jesus? So satisfied that you started thinking about the needs of others around you. So content that the people around you can't help but notice and ask, what's the secret to your life? Jesus is the bread of life. This is great news to us in a city that desperately needs that life. Let us be the ones who take in this life and share it with the city. I'm going to end us off in prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we are hungry for you. We are desperate for you. Would you just stir our desire for you once again, God? God, would you make us hungry for you, Lord, so hungry that we don't want anything else, that we don't settle for anything less. God, I pray that this week, Lord, each of us would experience your satisfying life in a deeper and greater measure, Lord. Father, I pray for those especially who are just feeling so, who are feeling so tired, who are feeling so out of energy, Lord. I pray that they would turn to you and see that you are the bread of life, that you are so close to them, God, and that you would completely just transform those, their life starting today, starting right now, God. Would you just give us the faith to come to you, Lord? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us, Lord. Would you move our hearts, God? We need you in our lives. We need you in this church. We thank you and we pray these things in your name.